The Fulton County Library System presents Shaking Out Full Co Library. I'm your host, KC, and I'm here with my co host, Rachel D. How are you doing, Rachel? I'm fabulous. I'm super excited today. This is this is gonna be a really good one, isn't it? Oh yes. I'm excited about this. Our guest today is Dan Carroll the Media Engagement Director for DragonCon, the biggest festival in Atlanta. Is that correct, Dan? Well, I, I, I don't know if it's necessarily the biggest event in Atlanta, but we're definitely the largest pop festival covering uh, music, film, TV, comic books, games, and so much more in the world run so by much. fans. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the really interesting part is the run by fans to me. It it is so critical to DragonCon success, and for those people who've never been, uh, DragonCon is an event that takes place Labor Day weekend. Every year in Atlanta, we fill up five host hotels plus America's Mart, and now we're expanding into two hundred Peachtree. And wow. eighty five thousand people come to talk about the things they love. It's amazing. And what is is this the thirty second year? Is that correct? I want to do my math and say 33, 33rd, the the 32nd year uh, is different than the 32nd Dragon Con because we start the counting of one year at the second Dragon Con. Right, right. And that is a very Dragon Con way to put that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rachel, would you like to get us started? I would. So I've known Dan for a couple of years, and uh, you're just a fantastic sweetheart, and you have such an amazing backstory that looking at you, nobody would really know, but you're very open and honest about it. So I kind of want to kick off about where you're from. Well, I'm from the New York area. Uh, grew up in a place called Woodbridge, New Jersey, uh, about six miles from Staten Island, which counts as New York. Um, I, I grew up uh, wanting to do one thing more than anything, which was to live in Los Angeles in the 1960s. Um, <laughs> but I also grew up loving books. I, I loved books. I, I believe it's true to say I had my first library card before I could read. And some of my earliest memories are... Uh, going to the library with my mom and my sisters who were older than me and um, uh, I, I had a very Irish uh, voracious reading appetite so by the time I was 9 or 12 I was reading Irving Wallace and uh, I was reading uh, Leon Uris and um, a whole lot of science fiction and fantasy uh, read The Hobbit early read Lord of the Rings, um, uh, like I said, Asimov was, was a big influence on me, um, and I continued to read, but it, one of the funny things is when I would go to the library, I wouldn't get uh, mostly novels or, or fiction. I would I would really stress the nonfiction, so I read all the Time Life books I could read um, to get my information as varied as possible, because I watched James Bond movies and realized he knew a little bit about everything. And a library is a place to find that a little bit of everything. That's a great role model. <laughs> James Bond. I think all men should aspire to be James Bond. Yes. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit more about your upbringing, mainly your parents. What do they do? Oh, well, my, my dad was uh, an Irish immigrant who had come to the country to be a cowboy. Uh, he was he was 50 when I was born, so he came in 1930 to be a cowboy. Did not quite achieve his cowboy dreams, but... Uh, 
uh, had an interesting time uh, during uh, during the depression of, of being an entrepreneur. And uh, when the war came, he uh, he actually had been drafted before the war and he was sent home before World War Two for being too old. Oh, and uh, I met my mother. And three months later, he was back in the army. And uh, my mom was uh, the children, uh, child of uh, Irish immigrants, uh, one of seven. Uh, she was a voracious reader, uh, a huge crossword puzzle doer her entire life. And, um, you know, she introduced me to Agatha Christie and a lot of early 20th century literature. Um, and, uh, yeah, she took me to films and... Uh, uh, obviously, she took me to the library a lot. Uh, we, we were not, uh, we were actually kind of broke when I was young. And uh, my dad had been a chemical technician. And uh, just as my brothers and sisters were moving out, uh, my dad got a massive promotion and his income tripled. And uh, he was running uh, wastewater treatment for a large suburban community in New Jersey. And uh, uh, he uh, got to take me to Ireland. And I got wow. to, you know, explore the world. And it, it started a love of travel that, that I still have. And uh, uh, he passed away, unfortunately, when I was 14. But uh, it, was a, it, it was a great time, that those, those few years where he didn't have to work two jobs and we got to know each other. Um, and then my, uh, my brothers and sisters were all big readers uh, when... Uh, both my parents were working full-time. My, my sister would uh, take me to the library on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, uh, I remember being a kid, uh, I would listen to Gene Shepard on the radio in New York. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Gene Shepard is the gentleman whose short stories became Christmas Story. But he would tell his stories for hours and just make stuff up. None of those stories are true in Christmas Story. They're, they're all about uh, fictional family and uh i i remember every single member of my family had read all of his his short story collections and and i was just not at the level where i could re you know read through a, an entire short story collection um and uh being jealous or envious envious of them and uh, eventually i corrected all that but uh you know books were were an important part of it um the rest of my family were not as comic book fantasy science fiction centric as I was. I remember being a little kid in probably preschool and I was banned from watching the Munsters and the Addams Family because of nightmares. Um, and that sent me <laughs> to enjoying horror. And uh, I love the works of Ray Harryhausen. He made really goofy movies like Sinbad movies and um, monster movies where the monsters were stop motion animation. And uh, you know, for, for folks who grew up in the 80s, you, you can't imagine what it's like not being able to, uh, growing up with four TV channels, five TV channels, and having to read the TV guide when it comes out to see if there's anything you want to watch in the next week. And that's what that's what kids did, you know, who, who like that stuff. So big science fiction fan, big comic book reader. Uh, Stan Lee is a, uh, is a significant figure in my life. He's like uh, almost like a second father with Forrest J. Ackerman, who was a uh, one of the guys who really perfected fandom, which is where I live my life in, in fandom. But uh, I was very honored recently uh, when when Stanley passed away. One of the local stations asked me to 
provide a tribute for him. And uh, that was a great honor. Wow. Were you always on this continuous path from being a kid who loved everything monster and comic related to working for Dragon Con? Well, no, actually, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, I spent the 90s doing woodworking, watching college TV, college football on TV, and um, doing a whole lot of uh, painting. I used to do really, really bad oil painting in the 90s. Um, but when I was 14, comics were specifically banned um, from my life uh, by my parents because they thought I was both obsessive and a little goofy and weird and comic books were evil because they had been around in the 50s. They they knew about the congressional hearings and, and, and the books that were written negative about comic books. Uh, I, I ironically was able to continue reading Heavy Metal magazine as a teenager, which was uh, rather explicit by today's standards. Uh, and Did your parents give it a pass in particular? They didn't know that it was a comic book because it looked like a magazine. They but thought the covers it was, were pretty intense. Yeah, they thought it was a rock magazine. So, <laughs> and um, rock music was okay, yes. but comics were? Well, actually, that's the funny thing is that's where I focused my energy um, during my high school years was into music nerddom. I, I became an expert on every bass player who played with every band and oh, that had this studio musician and that had this studio musician and, and here's the entire career path of Eric Clapton and um, oh, I had an encyclopedic music knowledge of everything up until the, the mid-70s and this is into the early 80s. Um, I liked my music older, and I, I, I loved punk, so I was the new music that nobody else had ever heard of kid, and uh, I was the old music kid, So, but I always read science fiction because I could get away with reading books. So, uh, again, big Hobbit reader, uh, Lord of the Rings, I, I probably have read Dune, all six of the original books, 12 times. Um, and uh, so, so I, I was able to keep reading, but uh, try to try to avoid the comic books. And back then, it, you know, there was no TV to watch. I was not a fan of Battlestar Galactica. I hit puberty, and was not finding it as enjoyable as I would have if I was a few years younger. So your parents' band did work. You did step away from those, or did you just kind of hide stuff? Oh, no, no, I, I, I did. I mean, there was economics involved, and I found other activities. And then okay. uh, in the mid-'80s, I decided I wanted to write comic books in the early-'80s. So I started re what we call reading. You know, if a comic book guy says reading, he doesn't mean reading books. He means reading comic books. And uh, uh, I, I did that for a couple of years, and finally um, I, it wasn't getting anywhere, and I decided... You know, uh, there I am in my early 20s. I'm going to achieve that goal I wanted originally of getting out of New Jersey and getting to California. So I joined the Navy and became a Russian translator, which meant a year in Monterey. So Wait. <laughs> yeah, I need to get in de detail about that. So as a Russian translator, so did you already know how to speak Russian? No. So they taught the Navy taught you. And how, tell us more about so that. So I... I took a test called the D-Lab. If you're listening, you can go to a recruiter and take the D-Lab now. 
depending upon the score, they tell you what type of language you're eligible for. The highest scores uh, get Chinese and similar languages. Uh, I had fairly high scores, uh, and I was given a choice between Arabic and uh, Russian, and I thought of Pushkin and Dostoevsky, and I went with Russian. So uh, after going through some training, I went out to the Defense Language Institute in Monterey, California. It is a gorgeous facility on top of a hill overlooking Monterey Bay. And, you know, I couldn't afford to live there. Now I couldn't afford to live there, but it was it was just fantastic. At one point, I actually went to a Episcopal church, and it was the same church where George Lucas had gotten married. Oh. When he married Marcy. So. Very cool. Yeah. So how long did it take for you to learn Russian? 47 weeks, six hours a day, three hours a day of homework. So it was, it was a, it was a grueling program. And uh, I, it's one of my proudest accomplishments. And then I went on to a couple of other schools that I can't talk about. Everything at the Defense Language Institute is unclassified. I can talk about that. Uh, and then I went to Spain for three years to serve as a um, as a cryptologist. What's a cryptologist? Uh, think of it as kind of a code breaker, but oh, okay, that's my designation. Rolling back a little bit to the Russian yeah, and yeah. Monterey, who were you interpreting? Um, well, no, in Monterey I was just in school. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it was it was school. Uh, it was a fascinating program. I was, uh, I was. Uh, all of my teachers were uh, Russian emigres, mostly Russian uh, Soviet jewelry, um, who had come out uh, during the Carter years when they 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 did some swaps, um, and uh, we would always joke about the Saturday Night Live routine about Soviet jewelry. I mean, you know, did they really need jewelry? But um, but it was it was a fantastic program. I mean, it was a full immersion. Uh, I got married in the middle of it, and I remember sitting at dinner and not being able to communicate with my new wife because I could not speak English. I was wow. dreaming in Russian. I was, uh, you know, I, I I would frequently forget the English word for things. Wow. So. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fulton County Library Systems Checking Out Full Library. Make sure you listen to part two of this podcast.